1: Winning Cures Everything. Now
0: for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in Winning Cures Everything. It is the Wednesday, December 1st edition of the show. I'm Gary. I'm Chris. And who, man, Chris, you got a new coach, don't you?
1: Finally got a new coach. That's
0: right. (laughs) Not too shabby. We will discuss that here momentarily. Let me go on and get the rundown out of the way. Make sure I actually say it at the beginning of the podcast tonight. Winningcureseverything.com is the website. You can find everything you need to know about us over there, uh, including how to subscribe on the podcast, how to subscribe on YouTube. We are just a few subscribers away from hitting our goal that we were hoping to hit by the Super Bowl. 5,000 subscribers we wanted to hit by the Super Bowl and we're going to hit it right here at the end of college football season. So not too shabby. Not too shabby. We've been building this up for a little while, but we're rocking and rolling on there. Obviously, the podcast took off first, but the YouTube was not far behind. So we are uh, we are rolling on that. Uh, along with that, go over to BetUS. They are America's premier sportsbook, online sportsbook anyway. Go to BetUS.com. You can sign up there. There is a link in the description. Make sure that you sign up. And uh, and Star Gambling. I mean, we still got plenty of college football left, plenty of NFL left, and, of course, a ton of other sports book options there as well. Uh, Heisman Trophy coming up, all that good stuff. So check it out there. I host the BetUS College Football Show. Still many, many shows to go with that. Chris hosts the Bookmaker Review College Football Show. Uh, there is a link in the description for that one as well. So go ahead and check both of those out. Uh, Chris, I want to start off with some nuggets first. Uh, The first thing on the board here, we have got a contract extension with Kentucky and Mike Stoops, um, uh, Mark Stoops, excuse me, (laughs) for any Kentucky fan that decides to get irritated about that. Um, So many Stoopses. There's just a, there's way too many Stoopses. Um, No news on the money, but I would imagine that he is being well compensated, well taken care of after another nine win season uh, in maybe... Maybe a ten-win season, uh, but the details on this is a again what he already had before: a guaranteed one-year extension for any season of seven to nine wins, and a guaranteed two-year extension for any season of ten or more wins. Uh, it's in the process of being finalized, at which point Kentucky will release the financial terms. Uh, Stoops is only fifty-four years old; he's fifty-eight and fifty-three in nine seasons, and they are headed to their sixth consecutive bowl game. What he's done in Lexington is nothing short of impressive. You, uh, you got a thought on this one?
1: Yeah, I. Uh, it shocked me, actually, that he signed it. It says to me that he is not getting looks at any of these other jobs available. And so if you're not going to get a bigger job then at a place where he's hit his ceiling and he's done unbelievably well, and uh, and I think he's got him rocking and rolling. I don't think that's a knock uh, to say that, but... Um, it, you know, go ahead and get locked up, get as much money as you can. Coaches are about to get paid, and these contracts are about to look stupid.
0: I I don't know that it necessarily means that he wasn't getting looked at some of these bigger jobs. I it could possibly mean that he is completely comfortable with what he's no, got going on. No, there's
1: there's zero there's zero chance of that. There's absolutely zero. Chance. When, when I'm talking to those jobs, if Oklahoma was interested in him, he, there's no way on earth he'd sign this contract.
0: I don't know. I, I, we, no, we might. No, there's no chance, Gary. There's no chance. We might have to disagree on this one because I, I think he may not want to go to Oklahoma because that's where Bob was. I mean, why go in your brother's shadow? Like that's a, that's horrible.
1: No, but that's not a shadow thing. No one cares about shadows. All these guys care about is winning. Okay, I, and you have right. to move heaven and earth to try to win nine, ten games with you know building what you've built when Oklahoma has the resources and the facilities and the recruiting trail and the local talent to be able to do that much, much easier.
0: You are you are definitely not wrong on that. Uh, the next one that I wanted to hit on, uh, Urban Meyer says that he is not interested in any college football opening. He is not interested in returning to the game of college football. He wants to keep building uh, the Jaguars. So he says that he will not be the next Notre Dame head coach. Uh, do you buy any of this?
1: Oh, yeah. I do not think this is – so this is the one job in the country where I, I do not think he is uh, being asked to this. This is this is one of those scenarios where I'm not taking Cindy Crawford to the prom. I just <laughs> want to let everybody know. Well, guess what? Shane Askin. Okay? <laughs> I don't think – I think media people like that because long ago he was thought of as – a Notre Dame guy and a Notre Dame dream guy but think about when that was and think about what has happened I'm not talking about this last situation where he was clearing the snorkel under some girl grinding <laughs> on his uh, uh, crotch I'm, I'm talking about all the shit that he's been through and done and been a part of since then he, before way before then I, he is not a Notre Dame man he is not the guy Notre Dame wants Notre Dame wants to win they care about winning, but they don't care about winning enough to ruin the brand of Notre Dame. They never have. They never will.
0: I, I do not disagree with when that. When we
1: get into the the reasons Kelly left, okay, we will get into the reasons when I tell you some of the things that Notre Dame refuses to bend on to try and help them recruit better. It, it, there's no way on earth, A, a guy like Urban could survive in that, that place and be successful. But also, there's no way a place with that type of rules would ever accept a guy like Urban today.
0: I tend to agree. I tend to agree. Now, uh, speaking of, you know, good guys, we'll we'll hit on that one. Jim Harbaugh is donating his bonus money uh, from his, you know, from this season at Michigan, which, for those that don't remember, they basically cut his salary in half and made his contract much more incentive-laden. And this year, of course, you win the Big Ten, you get to the college football playoff, you possibly win a national title, you win any kind of Coach of the Year awards, anything like that. And we're talking about an extra $3 million that he could earn on top of his $4 million base pay. And he is donating it all back to Michigan to, uh, for them to distribute among the people that uh, had to be furloughed, People that had to be let go, all that good stuff, in the middle of the COVID nineteen pandemic during the twenty twenty season. Uh, I thought it was really cool. Like it, you don't see this kind of stuff all that often. Uh, this guy has earned this money, and he's giving it back. And I, I think it's really cool.
1: Yeah, no, I do too. Uh, you know, I've been a, I've been the one apologist that I know of for Jim Harbaugh for a long time. He's a cantankerous dude. He is a difficult guy to, to, to get along with and to be around for long periods of time. But, he, you know, those he's in the tank with, he loves. And, and, right. and he cares. Of, I do not think he took the pay cut to stay at Michigan um, as an insult or um, a slap in the face or anything of that nature. I think he took the pay cut uh, because he thought it was the right thing to do in the situation that the school was in financially, with other people taking big pay cuts that don't make very much money,
0: and and also uh, he maybe from what I had heard, he did not feel like he was living up to his end of the bargain uh, when they brought oh, him no, in. Oh no, no, yeah, there's, there's
1: definitely there's definitely a lot of that. He wants to earn it, yeah. But but I also think he's he's realized if I'm going to be in the college game, and you know these kids are just now getting money when he went through the pay cut and stuff, they weren't getting anything. Um, I, I believe there is a lot of him realizing I can't make what I was making in the pros. It's a different world here. I don't care what my peers are doing. I, I just can't make that.
0: Yeah. No, that that certainly makes sense. All right. uh, The first main topic that I want to hit today, we, we got off of the nuggets. The first main topic. I want your reaction because obviously I came on and did a little bonus episode yesterday to – to try and sort through uh, all of the different stuff that happened on, on Monday and Sunday. But I want your reaction to the two big ones. I want your reaction on Brian Kelly to LSU, and then after that I want you to tell me about Lincoln Riley going to USC.
1: Well, no, no, let's start with Lincoln. Let's start chronologically and let's tell okay. the story. Okay? okay, Let's go in order of what had happened, right? My reaction to Lincoln was the greatest breath of fresh air. <laughs> there's there's there, There's nobody more suited for L.A and and hollywood then then lincoln riley who i believe is a person of great talent which you will find all over los angeles but he's also about an inch deep in depth of a human being okay so this is what i think of him as an individual and i am thrilled that he is not my coach and i also think he's the perfect fit for la and and, and usc and i think he will do what he did at US, uh, at Oklahoma. He will do the same thing at USC. I think he will win lots of games. He will get them back to competing for and winning. Um, maybe not as dominant as he was in the Big 12, but competing for more regular than USC has been, winning more often than they have, obviously, in the last 10 years, and get back to getting to the playoffs. Now, I believe wholeheartedly that there is nothing he can do at USC any different than Oklahoma to win in the playoffs I until I just have to see it to be proven wrong. The man has never had a team that played defense at all. The only time his defense has ever looked good is when his opponents were completely inept at offense. That's it. That's the list.
0: Oh, so, we, we did I, see Oklahoma State uh, do better on offense against them than Oklahoma State has maybe played all season. Right, uh, it stands yep. the the Kansas game, um, but Oklahoma State had all kind of things drawn up for them, and Oklahoma couldn't stop them. And I mean, it's exactly what we what we expected. So, <laughs> yeah, I so, don't think so you're I,
1: wrong. I actually I like that hire for them. I love that he ran away from the, the the SEC. The reason his name was coming up for jobs and people just assumed the LSU job was because there were very much rumblings that he was not happy about Oklahoma going to the SEC. This is a man who knows he's playing the game. And, and, and okay, you could say, oh, he's smart. Why pick the fight with the biggest bully in the room? Well, you're, you're, con- you're comparing that to people in a classroom and picking a fight with somebody where you don't have to pick a fight with anybody. You could just go throughout your life. If you're going to compete in athletics, if you're going to compete in football, this isn't picking fights with the biggest bully in the room. This is at some point in time, you have to beat those guys. Okay. And it's a lot easier to prepare to beat them playing tough level of competition all the time than it is not because we see these guys get into the playoff, playing weak opponents year in year out and they get steamrolled. Clemson is the only team to have not done that. The year Oklahoma made it, Oklahoma, uh, not Oklahoma, Ohio state made it and one they went through a dog fight that year to get where they got okay and and it prepared them for playoff football i just believe that that's important
0: i i tend to agree with you on that uh, so that and, that moves and us and my coach uh, go ahead my coach my <laughs> coach did the opposite of that my
1: coach made the playoffs three of the last i don't know not playoff one of them was the BCS bowl
0: two yeah, of it, it, well two yeah, of the coach. last three yeah
1: and then he made two of the last three playoffs okay He's competed for the national title three different times and realized I can't win. I can't beat those guys with the situation I have in South Bend. I have to go join them if I want to beat them. And I want a championship on my resume. Brian Kelly is the most successful coach that's ever been hired in at LSU. Remember that. Hear that when people criticize us
0: higher. I don't so believe let's, anybody
1: let's through, Anybody that knows oh, what they're
0: talking about should be criticizing this, right? Well, um, you're,
1: okay, but you're quantifying knows what they're talking about and being a fan aren't the same thing ever, usually. So that's, that's
0: tough. Yeah, um, okay. There's, that,
1: a that, lot of, there's a lot of LSU people that are criticizing this pick, hate it. There's a lot of them because they only see the championship games. Here's what's weird. Those same people wanted Lincoln Riley, who got blowed out in the playoffs, but they don't want Brian Kelly because he got blowed out in the playoffs. The difference is is Lincoln is recruiting the exact same guys LSU and Ohio State, Oklahoma, uh, Alabama, and Clemson have. And Notre Dame doesn't have a soul that was really being recruited by any of those guys. And 80% of the players on Notre Dame's team, none of the kids on those other four or five colleges could get into Notre Dame. All right? That's the difference.
0: Yes. Yes. If you look at what uh, LSU has done in the past – uh, you, A lot of people talk about wanting like that cultural fit. And I've even mentioned it on our show multiple you times. You
1: use that word all the time, yes. and it drives me insane.
0: But, but this is one of those instances where the program is bigger than just a cultural fit, right? A cultural fit can get you so far. Brian Kelly is an absolutely incredible head coach, and we saw this. You have seen what a good coach can do at LSU. And when Nick Saban came in there, he set that program up forever because they figured out how to do it and it had kind of gone off course a little bit over the last, you know, couple of years you bring in a guy that is structured that knows what he's doing LSU is set like and not just for the next, you know, 10 years plus however long Brian Kelly's there but that organization is going to be set up well beyond I mean we're talking decades yeah Th- this is this is a
1: guy this is a guy with an unbelievable resume now let's remember back Oh, man, Gary, we've been doing this for five years, six years maybe. Yes, six, Um, yeah. The first two years of us doing this, I hated Ryan Kelly. I despised him, not as a coach, and I always made this qualification. I think he's an exceptional coach, and I always have. I did not appreciate him as a man at all. I said a lot of the same things I'm saying about Lincoln Riley. Not – he didn't do some of the things Riley did, but – he never took personal responsibility for the losses. He never took personal responsibility for the mistakes. And if you know that that is the one crawl that will get me more than anything else. And then something happened, and he got sat down by, I don't know, uh, people at Notre Dame. And he just kind of changed. And I don't know if anybody sat him down or if he just saw himself in the mirror and realized, this is kind of a distasteful person.
0: I think, it's over think it the, was the 2017 season, I think it was that season where they went four and eight, and he had to figure out, okay, how can I better relate to these players? Uh, he completely overhauled his coaching staff. Uh, yeah. everything changed. And and after but, that happened, but him
1: as a but him as a man, like he started taking accountability for things. He started handling situations so much better. And and I and I never. Ever, ever assuming he was gonna be my coach. Over the last at least two years and really three years, I've I've come on this show every week and I have been a Notre Dame fan. I have defended him to the end because I appreciate I appreciate people who have evolved. I appreciate people being fuck ups in their lives in the past and changing. Because I've been that. And I like to think that I have changed for the better. I like to think that I am a better man today than I was 10 years ago. And and I just think that's a real important thing. Not enough people do it. And I think I watched Brian Kelly do it. And I don't say this because he's my coach today. Because you know I've been saying this for two or three years. And if you go back five years ago, please don't. The the audio quality, the things that we sounded (laughs) like were awful. You don't need to. Take me at my word. I hated him. I crushed him every week on this show I crushed him as a person yeah I mean you did so I love the hire you cannot you cannot imagine it he does he he checks all the boxes for me hey okay? I think he first off he's the third winningest coach in college football right now the other two guys have a decade of coaching on him okay that's Nick Saban and uh Mac Brown all right he's 60 those guys are 70 he they've got a Decade. They've got ten years of coaching ahead of him. They're the only ones out in front of him. That's it. Nobody else is close.
0: Now you you are not wrong about that. Uh, I'm excited about it. I'm excited to see what he can do in Baton Rouge. I'm curious about the coaching staff. Uh, whether or not he's going to be able to bring Marcus Freeman. Uh, who knows? Yeah, that's that's
1: where I'm getting. That's where I'm getting greedy. I want Freeman. Um, I will tell you, people who who criticize the fit for recruiting purposes wise, they need to realize this. The last two years, he's come into Louisiana, and he's taken four stars out of the state and got them into Notre Dame. Yeah, okay. no, he's got some. This somebody, is not, this is not a guy that does not. He at this job. So his name was thrown out there. As, as, so he was on the short list of people that got called day one. Oh,
0: okay. yeah, okay, so you and I talked about it. Like We talked about and this he, early in October.
1: Reports are coming out now that he closely vetted the job because he has ties in Louisiana from his recruiting here in the high school coaching realm, And he turned the job down. Okay. And, and the only reason that he accepted it now is simply because a, I think he feels like if I'm 11 and one in the sec, I'm going to the playoffs. and 11 and one, I need three people to lose for me to get into the playoff. Now b He also got thrown a metric shit ton of money that the richest school in college football ain't paying him. And that's hard to deal with. And he said a couple of weeks ago, I'm not leaving unless the fairy godmother comes and drops a ton of money at my feet, and then I got to ask my wife. And the fairy godmother came. And then
0: you got to ask your wife. And if she says, let's pack our shit, then you pack your shit. Yes, Yes, I, I tend to believe that Baton Rouge is a nicer place to live than South Bend, Indiana, especially in the wintertime. Yeah.
1: Well, and, and recruiting in Baton Rouge is obviously a much oh, easier yes. thing to do. He, he, he's moving heaven. I, the idea that he has a top-five recruiting class coming in the next year is unbelievable because you just don't get that noted They do not have the facilities everybody else has. They Their players still eat they. They still eat in the cafeteria with everyone else, and you say, "Oh, well, that's no big deal." No, 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 no. The reason that's a big deal, and these are things Brian Kelly was fighting for to try to get, was extended meal times for his guys because they wouldn't give him their own uh, food facility. Because after practice, the players that needed treatment couldn't get; they either had to choose get treatment or go eat. And he had players early in his career. That were losing weight, large amounts of weight from offensive and defensive linemen during the season because they were getting treatment after practice that they had to get and they missed meal time. So they weren't eating dinner. And that's not good. And Notre Dame will not budge on those things. They want these kids, the freshmen don't come in and live in some badass athletic facility. Oh no. They come in and they live with everybody else. They go into the freshman dorm in general pop, and it's not a hellscape. Okay, my freshman dorm was was a prison, except I didn't have to worry about being gang raped in my dorm room. <laughs> it, it was just it was a concrete brick wall, yes. and I shared a shower with nineteen other guys. Like it was it was anything but comfortable. But that's not this. But what it is is it's not what everyone else has either.
0: Not, uh-huh. even You're, you not, are not even. Not you a little bit. It, especially in the SEC, football is king in the SEC. Oh. Uh, you can get the what L- you need. LSU, LSU
1: might be two or three in the country in facilities. Like nobody, the e, we're in the worlds of the Alabamas and A AMs M's and the Clemson's. Like there, there ain't a whole lot of people on the planet competing for facilities. And you know me, I think some of that stuff is bullshit. Like the the you know. The, the lazy river around the dorm and the, the water slide and the putt-putt golf. Like, this is bullshit. We're we're trying to teach these guys to be grown men. And, you know, those things are fun to go to Disneyland and do. We ain't doing this shit every day. All right? Get your ass up, go to school, go to work. Uh, like, agreed. I agreed. think that stuff's ridiculous, but, but, I'm, but I'm not tell the you, guy making uh, those decisions.
0: I'll tell you what I've been told about that. Um, they do that to keep the kids around the football facility. That way, the, I, I that know, way they want the to be there all the time. I know the so. reason why. Yeah,
1: but I still hate it. Like I, I know the guy that paid to have the barber shop put in at, at UT Dog School. Like I, I know that man. Okay, yeah. and my first thought was, why don't you just pay the local barber down the street to cut everybody's hair? Now you're, now you're keeping like a, a like a small business open and running. Okay, like don't yeah on, man like let's, there's, there's like 20 barbers around around Knoxville that would rather have that business. let's just say we'll just pay for everybody's haircut and it's just part of your athletic scholarship
0: yeah I, I don't know if it's that easy I, I think the biggest thing of course is keeping them at the football facility that way they're not I mean, out in trouble and all that kind of yeah, mess like,
1: well, yeah but I also think know. that that's in imper- permissible benefits if you're doing what I suggest. And if you bring somebody in who's donating their time, then that's not
0: impermissible. permissible. Well, and then you just hire, you know, whoever the best barber is in Knoxville. You hire them to come over yeah. and work for the university. Yeah. Problem solved. But, yeah, no, yeah. I, I understand I where you're from. I don't like from.
1: that shit. No, 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 of because, course not. Because I run one of those small ass stores in yeah. a big city with a school. <laughs> and and I, I would like, I would like, if you're going to throw money out, let's not give it all to one person. Let's give it to the kids and let them go out and, and, get their own damn haircuts and support the community.
0: Yes. No, I I am not against that at all. Not against that at all. Let's let's move off of this. Let's talk about a couple other topics in college football, and then we'll get into the NFL stuff. Uh, Next topic on the board, Fresno State, of course, lost Kalen DeBoer, their head coach, to Washington. That was not a huge surprise because... DeBoer, of course, has been successful at Fresno State. He was successful as Indiana's offensive coordinator. He was successful as the OC at Fresno under Jeff Tedford. And now they're talking about possibly bringing Jeff Tedford back to be the head coach again. Tedford resigned a couple of years ago because of health issues. Now, those health issues have been resolved Uh, For the most part, from what I understand, Tedford let it be known a few weeks ago that he was ready to get back into coaching and he had put his name out there uh, just to, you know, get some feelers to see exactly if anybody might be interested in bringing him back. This won't be an immediate thing because of the laws in the state of California. He is still technically an employee of Fresno state. He's like some kind of a consultant advisor, whatever role uh, with the football program but with DeBoer going to Washington, he can step right back in, so they'll, they'll have to post the job, and then he'll interview for it, you know, quote-unquote. But it looks right now like Jeff Tedford is going to come back to be the football coach at Fresno State. And I'm excited about this. Like, he, he had his most success when DeBoer was his offensive coordinator, but I also think that Tedford taught DeBoer a lot about offense. Tedford has been a, an offensive guy forever. He's been awesome. I I like this. You uh you got a feeling on it? No, I mean I like the hire. I don't have any issues with that. I think he was he was really good
1: when he was there beforehand, and and bringing him back in is is a great move. I can't I just can't picture anybody else doing it. But I would need to know the name and and think is this what I want and do I like it or do I not? But, but that's
0: it. Yeah. No, I I certainly feel you. I think Tedford back at Fresno State uh, could be good to uh, to at least give them some solid foundational footing for a little while until he's ready to actually hang it up and and right off into the sunset but I do think that this is uh this is a good way for him to go out if he's if he's done coaching after this I think this makes it even even better uh the next one that I wanted to hit on Virginia Tech found their guy of course they had reached out to Billy Napier uh they reached out to Dave Clawson Napier took the Florida job Clawson signed an extension with Wake Forest um they ended up going with defensive coordinator Brent Pry from Penn State. Uh, details of the contract aren't finalized yet. They'll end up releasing it because they are, in fact, a public school. But uh, but with Babcock, uh, I think got a good one here. Brent Pry has been coaching for 30 years. He's 51 years old. Uh, he's been with James Franklin for uh, forever since since the Vanderbilt days, and. He's he's had a really great defense for a long time, and I think it makes sense that Virginia Tech, who after after going with Frank Beamer for so long and being known as a defensive football team, they went back to uh, try and be an offensive football team with Justin Fuente. When that did not work out, now they're going back to the defensive uh, side of the ball, and I I totally can get down with that. They're uh, they're doing a uh, introductory news conference, press conference, whatever you want to call it. At 9 a.m. Eastern on Thursday, but uh, but they've already announced this. Like uh, Brent Pry is going to be the guy, and you know, I mean, you you look at all of his defenses at Penn State, uh, they've been awesome. I mean, he's had uh, top 25 units in total defense in eight of the past 12 seasons. Four at Penn State, three at Vanderbilt, one at Georgia Southern. Um, at, this is, I mean, they're seventh in scoring defense this season, allowing only 16.8 per game. That was the strength of their team was their defense. I I kind of like this for Virginia Tech. You get a guy that, you know, it doesn't have a lot of buzz. He's not flashy, whatever. But he knows one side of the ball, and you think because he's been around for thirty years doing this, this is somebody that can build a program, and and I like it.
1: Um, I'll, I'll wait and see. Not that I dislike it. I just don't. You know, I'm not going to make a judgment off of off of his hire yet.
0: Oh, so. yeah. I mean, it's, none of these, we don't know that any of these are actually going to be successful. I think we feel good about Brian Kelly, uh, and I think we feel good about Lincoln Riley. But at the end of the day, uh, there's been quote-unquote home runs before that just did not pan out. Uh, I'm not going to say this is a home run, but I like the direction they went. I, I think this is yeah. uh, I think this is good. I think he, he is somebody that looks like he will fit in Blacksburg. Again, I'm going to drive you crazy, cultural fit, whatever, but... You know, uh, I, I could I could totally see him fitting in Blacksburg. So um, that'll move us off of college football for the day. Now we got some NFL to discuss. Every week, I ask Chris four questions to recap the week that was in the NFL. And of course, Chris was out last week; he was doing the Disney thing. But we did still have NFL games, so let's go through this. Let's see I what still happened.
1: Saw a lot of NFL football. I was home all day Sunday. <laughs>
0: Figured you probably were. Uh let's talk about the best games of the weekend. Uh the first one to me was uh was Raiders Cowboys on Thanksgiving, 36-33 in overtime. Uh the Cowboys did not look great. Uh they turned it on later and and found a way to stay in that ball game. But um but I thought that was a, a fun game. Did you have any on Sunday that you felt were uh, were really good games?
1: Well, yeah, both of mine were on Sunday. So let me let me, I'm gonna tell you about the Cowboys game for a minute. Okay. All right. Cowboys get pissed me the hell off because I'm sitting at a lounge in Disney and I don't know the name of this place I throw out the place because they made a damn good drink Um, trying to watch games and hanging out we're relaxing we're resting it's Thanksgiving Day and uh, they got the Cowboys game on no problem I thought it was pretty boring to be honest And eh, whatever it was close at the end it was close to late but it wasn't close during the game like the Raiders get out to a big lead, and then it's just kind of Cowboys trying to keep up. Um, So I guess the close of it was fine. But then they go into overtime, and I'm thinking, these sons of bitches, just get this thing over with, because they got one TV, and I'll just want to watch the eight ball. That's all. I just, I just want to flip it to the college game, and this game is a dud. And they wouldn't turn it on for me. So that pissed me <laughs> off, so it's not this game. Let me tell you what game it is. Let me tell you what game it is. I, I got two. I got two I really liked. I really liked the Chargers-Vikings game up until about four minutes left in the game where the two most explosive players on each team both get hurt. And then the game just kind of crawled to an end in an embarrassing fashion. But up until then, the 49ers-Vikings, does that say Chargers-Vikings? I meant 49ers-Vikings. Yeah. Um, up until then, you're talking about an unbelievable football game, I thought was it the most fun game and then I, I think the Bucks Colts game man, that first quarter was pretty rough to watch pretty slow start by the second half this game got kicked in the gear and that was a really fun football
0: game that's actually the second one that I had written down Bucks 38 to 31 over the Colts um, you know touchdown Leonard Fournette 28 yard run with uh, with what like 20 seconds left in the game something like that uh, yeah. definitely awesome I mean, Tom Brady turned it on in the second half. It was definitely boring to start with, but uh, but that was the one that I had my eyes on. And then uh, the Monday Night game was boring for the most part, but exciting ending, of course. Uh, Russell Wilson. I, I mean, that was just—it's so painful to watch. Of course, Russ doesn't look what, right. What he, happened? What I, happened to Russell? I I don't know. I mean, I know that he's he's still injured. Like he's still dealing with oh, an injury. He's
1: not He hurt his little finger. Okay, but <laughs> he's not injured. This, this guy's not playing with like a blowed-out shoulder and like you know busted-up ankles. Okay, this is bullshit. He's perfectly healthy. He's got a boo boo on his finger, and he sucks. I mean, he sucks. This guy used to run for a bunch of yards, and now he don't run at all. Well, your legs aren't hurt.
0: Yeah, yeah. You you're not wrong about that.
1: I think he's gotten fat and lazy by not playing for a couple of weeks, and now he just blows at
0: football. It, it, it was it was painful to watch. I will say that it was this incredibly was, that's painful
1: that awful, that's awful football. they're really close to the team that lost it for the week for me they're not um, but they were really really close for it who lost the week I,
0: I I did have them written down as one of my options on that well let, let's move into well next question most surprising result of the weekend uh i am going to tell you one of mine Giants 13 Eagles seven. I thought the Eagles had kind of turned this thing around and what happened? I mean good gracious. Uh now this, I, is, this I, was a this is, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, no no. I I just I I kept looking to see like, you know, what's what was the injury, what was you know, I know that uh Jalen Hurts has is got like an ankle injury or whatever, but like I I thought they had turned this thing around a little bit and they had some explosive players and all this, but like I I have no hey, idea what I this, Jalen better
1: start grabbing something because <laughs> he looked terrible at the beginning of this game. Now, here's what's weird. Towards the end of the game, he goes on a couple of drives, and then Jalen Rieger gets hit in the face with the football four times in the end zone, drops all off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, what? Like, like Hurts has played the worst game he's played maybe since coming into the NFL. And then, still, because the Giants are terrible and the Eagles' defense is pretty good, you're in this thing, and you see a touchdown to walk it off and you lead the drive twice you lead the drive down twice and you can't get it because you're hitting guys in the face with the football and they just can't they can't catch it
0: yeah it's pretty it was pretty annoying do you
1: think do you think this is the city of Philadelphia sold their soul to win a super bowl with Nick Foles when they had an opportunity and this is the price like no 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 you get nothing Forever. You said all you needed was one. You got your one. Now, go back to the abyss.
0: It's like, well, you're always going to be in the abyss. But, I mean, this team is like four and seven. It's not like they were a great team I anyway.
1: Explain, I can't explain some of these drops. Jalen Rieger oh. was a really good receiver. coming. And Think about the receivers that went behind him. Oh, wow. Right now, somebody needs to be looking at old Howie and, and, and with one eye on the bridge and one eye on him thinking you think he can swim
0: so so here here was my problem with that initially was Jalen Rager is is absolutely a speed demon right he's a fast guy but one of his problems in college we talked about this on that NFL draft night he drops the ball like we talked about that and they just assumed that they could they could coach that out of him that oh he'll just he'll get better we've got the small sample size but we know we can fly
1: but I understand those drops to be like when you're throwing those deep balls, man, some of those over-the-shoulder catches are tough. Like, oh, yeah. when you're running in stride to get off, the, these were not that. These were slants across the end zone where his chest, his numbers are squared to the quarterback. You're yes. literally just playing catch at this point. And all you have to do is catch one of them, then multiple were dropped. At what point in time are you hurt? And so you say, look, I'm not that accurate of a quarterback. If you're not going to catch the ones I get to you, I just can't throw to you. Yeah,
0: I can't. You got to go. The ball. Somebody's
1: got to go to the coach and say, "I, I don't call his number again because I'm checking down or I'm on the now. I'm not throwing to that man because I don't hit everybody all the damn time. When I do, you can't be 0 for me catching the ball. All right? Yes. Like 0 for three ain't gonna cut it. You got to catch some of them.
0: Now you you're not wrong on that. Uh, did you I'd, have? I Did you have one that was a most surprising result?
1: Uh, I'm going to give the most surprising result and my biggest winner. Um, No, you know what? No. My most surprising result is the Bills beating the hell out of the Saints. That was it. I thought the Bills could win, but this Saints team has been on a little bit of a losing streak. I don't know in our entire life of watching Sean Payton's career has he ever lost three or four games in a row. I think this is game number three in a row. So
0: you're just talking about the Saints overall as, as the most surprising result. Because it, a, after watching the Saints for a few weeks with Trevor Simeon at quarterback... Do, yeah, yeah. Like, be- because I to assume... Surprising.
1: Well, hey, but we've also seen teams look like shit and then the next week look like superheroes, right? True. Like, we've seen that. So just because you've looked like shit recently doesn't mean I expect you to look like shit every week. I just don't. I think you're going to be fine most of the time. I, I, I don't... I didn't see them getting blown out in this game. I saw the Bills winning. At no point in time were the Saints a threat to, to even do anything special at
0: all. Uh, I think that was surprising. I've, I've, got, a, I've got a surprising result. Uh, Dolphins 33, Panthers 10. Uh, Cam Newton was horrific in this game. Five out of 21 what? passing. Um, just it, it, the fact that the Panthers' defense allowed Tua to carve them up the way that he did. Uh, I think he only missed four passes on the day. Uh, read a stat that it was the the best, uh, most accurate passing day by an NFL quarterback in like a decade and a half. I mean, it was absolutely ridiculous uh, what Tua was able to do against that Panthers defense. And I just did not expect that from Matt Rule's team at all. Like, I know that they got some injuries, they got some guys out, all that good stuff. And of course, they lost uh, Christian McCaffrey for the rest of the year in this game, but like, I, I didn't see the Dolphins beating them like this. Like, I I actually bet on the Panthers, minus two last week, thinking that the Dolphins were going to be the same team that they've always been, and the Panthers could do nothing to stop them.
1: Well, let me tell you what I thought when I saw this result. I thought Matt Rule Matt was coming to Baton Rouge when I saw that. So that looked like a team that hadn't practiced at all.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't blame you and for that. And that looked
1: like a guy that said, maybe college is a lot more fun, so. Um, anyway,
0: yeah. No, all right, okay. What's
1: the next one? A winner or a loser? Uh, who
0: who lost the weekend? Who did I say lost the weekend? I told you I was going to say somebody. Uh, I got to find my list. I don't think you. I don't think you told us. Uh, you you were talking about the Saints, but I don't think. Uh, oh, I said I was going. I said I was going to say the Seahawks, but they
1: are not. Oh, never mind. I don't need the list. God damn it!
0: <laughs> the
1: Cleveland fucking Browns lost the weekend. Mary. You wait all year. How many? I'm gonna. How long has it been since you've had a big-time Sunday night football game where you are the star of the show, you are hosting football for the NFL? Well, you're not hosting, you're on the road, but you're one of the teams playing in the biggest game of the weekend. You've earned that clout. And Baker Mayfield comes out with one of the shittiest performances I may have ever seen.
0: I'm wanting to pull up the uh, the play by play here, uh, like the drives. I mean, just god all. Um, <laughs> because you you are not wrong about this. Uh, it, it was a just a complete comedy of errors. Uh, a
1: Herculean effort by the defense, by the way. Oh yes, Herculean effort by the defense, and your offense gets nothing.
0: All right, so at here is what we had in the first half. Okay, uh, missed field goal, punt, punt field goal by the Ravens, punt, another field goal by the Ravens, a fumble, a Ravens interception, a Browns field goal, a Ravens interception, a Browns fumble, a Ravens interception, a Browns punt after three and out, and then the end of the half. That was the first half.
1: (laughs) The word shit show doesn't even begin to describe that game.
0: Yeah, it um, it was about as bad as you could get. It, it was it There's was as one bad as a point in the
1: time where the Ravens were, were about to punt. They were about to punt, Gary. And we lined up in normal punt. And then they ran another offensive lineman on. And so we wanted to swap guys out, right? They substituted so we could substitute. And then before we could get everybody off the field, they ran a fake. They got the fake. Then they were all you know the play didn't happen you know you snap the ball before we actually set the ball because you got to give Cleveland an opportunity to try. okay so that whole thing happens right so we have a stop and play because of the penalty now we're going into punt safe okay the Ravens get up to snap the football and I don't know if they're gonna punt it or run a play but I know this Cleveland had 27 players on the field <laughs> and I'm thinking, what the hell is going on? So we wasted timeout right there just after a penalty where the whole thing stopped. And then they finally set up to run a play instead of punt. No problem. We still, after the timeout, get called for 12 men on the field. And they get the first down by just snapping the football. I, I don't know who to throw into the abyss. I don't know who to kick in.
0: We uh we thought that that Kevin Stefanski was the adult in the room that was needed in Cleveland, and I don't know that it's necessarily his fault. Um, I I really wonder sometimes if if that entire football organization is just completely cursed. Like I really so do wonder. The, the argument
1: that I got from from a very trusted friend who is a a, a very positive thinking Browns fan, okay. He's a, he's a positive influence in my life, and I love him here. Um And he's, he's still completely sold on Baker's the guy. He's just hurt right now. And I think Baker's faking injuries because if I'm not hurt and I look this bad, boy, it's bad. So, um, he says this has to be miscommunication between special teams coach coordinator and the defensive coordinator. It just has to be. The defensive coordinator is trying – to run defensive players out because we think they're going to fake it. And the special team guy is still running special team guys out because he thinks, well, let's just run a safe punt. And nobody's, everybody's trying to send different guys on. And that – which makes logical sense. My first thought was that somebody just slipped a bunch of edibles into the coaching room (laughs) and everybody is just baked (laughs) out of the gore and doesn't know what the hell's going on and we're about 45 minutes into the game, which is right when the edibles are going to kick in, and it just turns into a shit show. <laughs> I was—I would say this. Not losing that game. It, it wasn't the loss that ruined my Sunday. It was waiting all day with anxious breath for my football team. Yes. To play on Sunday night. And the first – Hour and a half of time that elapsed in my life, I just would rather have walked outside and just just walked into the Mississippi and just kept on walking.
0: <laughs> I put the uh, the Rams down as the team that lost the weekend because the Packers had a a bunch of injuries, all that kind of mess, and they still let Aaron Rodgers go crazy on them. Uh, and the Rams now have four losses, so you know we'll we'll see what happens with them. Um, I do, you know, we talked about the Browns. Let's talk about the Steelers for a little bit. Um, the Steelers get beat forty-one to ten, and uh, against the Bengals, and this is what the Bengals did to them in the first half. Uh, Bengals started out the uh, the ball game with a ten-play, seventy-five-yard touchdown drive. On the next drive, Ben Roethlisberger throws an interception, which leads to a field goal. So now you're down ten to nothing. Then you drive the ball down. You get a field goal. You get a little momentum. And then you give up a six-play, seventy-five-yard touchdown drive that makes it seventeen to three. Then you got a punt, and then you give up a fourteen-play, eighty-four-yard touchdown drive to make it twenty-four to three. And then you go three and out again. You finally, finally get something to go your way. You get Joe Burrow to throw you the ball, and the very next in the red play, zone, in yes. the end zone, they're about to score. And the very a huge turnover at yeah, the very next play, they throw a pick six to make the game 31-3 to and completely unreachable at that point. <laughs> and that was the first half for the Pittsburgh Steelers. The game was over at that point. I turned it off. I, I couldn't watch it anymore. So, so this is one of the two teams. I think this
1: is the team I think that won the weekend, by the way, is the Bengals. Yeah. A, this division is so tight right now. I think the Browns are already looking for the draft, so we're out of it. Um, I think the Steelers are out of it, but – but the Bengals and the Ravens, man, I think they're going to be neck and neck the whole way through. And you cannot lose divisional games. You just can't. And, and I thought that was not just winning that game, but being able to kick the shit out of a team that has bullied you for a long time and, and kind of firmly plant yourself in the second place of that division. Um, and with, with an eye on first, um, I, I think, I think has them has them as the winner of the weekend. I have one other winner. Um, talked about him a little bit earlier. I don't know when or, or what was the reason now. But the 49ers also, they have they were completely out of the playoff race in that division three weeks back. And now they've, they've won three games in a row, and they are right there with everyone else.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I'm I'm 100% with you. I'm 100% with you. Um let's see. Patriots uh beat up on the Titans. Um what was the I, I had my scores pulled up. I don't even know what the score was. Um, uh 32 uh 32-13, 35-13, 36-15, 35-16, whatever it was. So, it was a beat. Yeah, it's, it, it's it's something of that nature and I think the Titans scored real late. One of those scores. So, um, so it wasn't even that close. The Patriots at this point in the season have the best point differential in the NFL. They are plus 146 on the season and sitting at eight and four, one seven straight, or sorry, six straight. Uh, they're awesome. This team is awesome. Uh, Mac Jones combined with that defense and that running attack, it, it didn't matter that Ramondre Stevenson is out with an injury. Uh, you got you got running backs for days, and you've actually got guys that can catch the football, and you got a guy that can actually get it to them, and they don't have to hit explosive plays all the time. They just have to be somewhat efficient on offense, and then the defense will do the rest. And yep. you saw it in this game. The Patriots, to me, were who won the weekend. Uh, they are, I mean, they're they're great right now. They're half a game back of the Ravens. Uh, Ravens are eight and three, and the Patriots are eight and four right now. Um, right behind them is the Buffalo Bills at 7-4. and four. And, of course, we've got the Bills and Patriots on Monday night that we're going to talk about here in just a second. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, you ready to jump into uh, the big games of the week? Yep, let's okay. go. Let's go ahead and do this. We'll uh, we'll kind of fly through this stuff. Thursday night football. Uh, well, here, hold on. Let's do this. Um, last week, I went four and five. Chris did not have picks last week, uh, but it moves our overall record to, I'm 54 and 48 on the season. Chris is 38-55 um, Thursday night. Cowboys at the Saints. The odds, of course, brought to you by BetUS, where the game begins. Go sign up over at BetUS.com. There is a link in the description for it. The Saints are a a 4.5-point home dog on Thursday night. Total of 47.5. The Cowboys 4-1 and against the spread, their last five on the road. The Saints are 8-1 and against the spread, their last nine at home against Dallas, which, of course, spans a long time because these two do not play all the time. Uh, but the Saints typically have a lot of success against the Cowboys, whether they've got you know their starting quarterback or not. Uh, the Saints look awful right now. There is no possible way that I will go with the Saints in this. I think the Cowboys are pissed off about the way that they played on Thanksgiving. Uh, when I look at just overall numbers, uh, the Cowboys are the significantly better team at every spot on the field. I am going to roll Cowboys minus four and a half here. Uh, because I think that they are going to be able to handle this
1: man I think I'm going to also I don't like it and this is just a Sean Payton thing like I said earlier at some point in time Sean Payton's going to win a game he's not losing five in a row well he's lost four in a row okay so I I think the Saints are going to find a way to win this thing which means I should take them I have no idea how they're going to do this if Alvin doesn't play um I, I'm gonna roll with the Cowboys. I, I, everything in my brain says this is this is foolish, but I'll, I can't I can't in good conscience take the Saints.
0: I feel the exact same way. I feel the exact same way. 12 p.m. Central Time on Sunday, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers head to the Atlanta Falcons as 11 point favorites on the road. Total of 50 and a half here and. Atlanta, even with their win against the Jaguars last week, I cool. I cannot find a way. That's
1: how they look well.
0: Oh, yeah. I can't find a way for them to, to win this game. Tampa Bay is number one in total DVOA. Atlanta is number 32. Um, this Atlanta defense is bad. This Atlanta offense is bad. And Tampa Bay is great at both. Uh, I, I think Tampa Bay should be favored by, like, two touchdowns here. Now, I know that people always talk about ah, oh, you see a double-digit favorite in the NFL, you probably need to bet against it. But I, I just don't see it. I'm, I'm going to roll bucks here minus eleven. I, I think they got that that Colts game off the back. I think they're going to be fine this week. Uh, I, yeah, I'm definitely rolling with the Bucks on this one.
1: So, uh, I'm going to do the same thing, but tell you why it scares me. It's not the oh double digits in the NFL. It's the I really do believe that the Bucks might be in um, just win, move on mode for the rest of the season until so the playoffs get here. The problem is, is I don't foresee a way this Falcons team is going to stand up and play defense and stop them. They could the Tom Brady in this offense can look like crap for three and a half quarters, and in two or three drives of half a quarter. Score three touchdowns and just boom, 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 and then it's over. It just all gets quicksand on you, and I don't know what to do with that.
0: the uh, The Falcons, by the way, uh, one and four at home this year, four and two on the road. Uh, somehow, this team is five and six, and yet they're the least efficient team in all of the NFL. Like it makes zero sense to me.
1: All well, right. Uh, so I don't, and I don't know the number exactly. Road teams have been have been covering like maniacs. This oh, yeah. Year. Oh, Not yeah. just covering, covering and winning. If you look at the lines now, Vegas has given nobody anything for home field anymore. Oh, it used true. to be a blanket three points. I don't think you're getting a single point anymore for home field.
0: Oh, I, I agree with you 100%. The, uh, the Falcons wins this year, by the way. They've got five of them. They are over the Giants, the Jets, the Dolphins, the Saints, and the Jags. That's their wins, so, and when they play against good football teams, they lost forty three to three to the Cowboys. They lost twenty five to nothing to the Patriots. They uh, they got beat thirty four to thirty by Washington. They lost to the Bucks earlier in the season already forty eight to twenty five, and they lost in that first week to the Eagles thirty two to six. I just I, I don't I don't see how the Falcons do it, uh, but we'll see. We will see. All right, so we are both rolling Bucks minus eleven on. That one. Let's move into another 12 p.m. Central Time game. The Cardinals headed to the Bears. The Bears are nine-point underdogs at home. Looks like Justin Fields is going to be back for the Bears this week, even though he's got fractured ribs. Looks like he's uh, he's going to be good to go. He's been practicing, all that good stuff. Uh, Arizona 5-0 and o straight up and against the spread, their last five on the road. Um, you – I, I don't know what to make of this Bears team – uh, if Justin Fields gets hurt, the Cardinals could absolutely run away with this thing. Uh, Hopkins, of course, still dealing with an injury, etc. But whatever this team is doing, whether they've got their star players in or not, they just have some kind of a culture built up where they can score points and they can put teams away. This Cardinals team's really good. Uh, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with that Bears defense. I, I know that they got guys out. I understand that. But when I look at the overall team, Matt Nagy is not a good head coach at all, but they stay in tight games, especially at home. Uh, Cardinals going up to Chicago. It's going to be cold. Uh, give me the Bears plus the nine. Like this looks like a touchdown game to me. Uh, I could totally see Arizona blowing them out, but uh, but I don't I don't think so. I think uh, I think the Bears are going to hang in this ball game. Kyler Murray might or might not play. I I just I, I'm going to ride with the Bears on it.
1: Yeah, golly, we're, we're agreeing, but it's just strictly on a Murray thing. I don't think Murray's going to play. If Murray plays, I think I like the Cardinals because the Bears team is a fiasco. Um, but I think Chicago's going to play with a little bit of pride. At some point in time, max out for the year, right? Uh, you know, you don't know if if your young rookie quarterback is going to be the guy to be healthy or not, you know. But they've had skill players step up. They've had other defensive has stepped up. Big time guys are making plays. I just feel like it's too many points. I'm with you. We see this way too much alike. That scares the shit out of me. Um, but I'm not. I'm not laying nine points to anybody in Soldier Field right now. I know this Bears team is bad, but I think that play still matters.
0: I think so too. I th- especially this late in the season, uh, I think it's going to be. I think it'll be a tight game. Tight game. 12 p.m. Central Time. Again, this is our last one in the noon slot. Chargers at the Bengals. The Bengals are a three-point favorite. Total of 50 and, a half. Uh, and these two teams, really, really close as far as total DVOA. Cincinnati, number 18. Uh, the Chargers, number 16 in that spot. But here's the difference for me. Uh, as far as offensive efficiency, Cincinnati, number 21 in total DVOA. The Chargers' defense is number 23. So, pretty similar right there. Cincinnati does have explosive capabilities, but as far as their variance goes, they they are highly volatile. It is all or nothing sometimes with them. Uh, On the other side, the Chargers offense, number two in total efficiency. And the Cincinnati defense is number 16. Uh, I think the Bengals did everything right last week against Pittsburgh. I think the Chargers can come in there and beat them. I'm going to take the Chargers plus three. Uh, I know that, you know, both teams, of course, dealing with injuries at this point in the season. But I think the Chargers can can surprise these guys. So I will uh, I will take the Chargers at plus three here.
1: I don't understand the efficiency numbers. I've watched the Chargers three weeks straight look like complete shit. I don't care what the efficiency numbers say; they don't look good. Herbert has been one of the most inconsistent quarterbacks in the in the league. I think this defense for the Bengals is much improved. And I think Joe Burrow and the boys on offense are going to find ways to bet big plays, put up points, and win this game. I think they cover.
0: Yeah, okay. Okay, I can can see that. So we finally got a difference of opinion on this. So You're rolling Bengals. I've got the Chargers. We'll move on from there. 325 p.m. Central Time. And my brother, the Ravens headed to the Steelers. Steelers are four and a half point underdogs at home. Total of 44 on this one. Uh, Baltimore 4 0 1 against the spread, of their last five at Pittsburgh. However, Pittsburgh 6 3 straight up in their last nine against the Ravens. This is always a tight ball game. Uh, typically, if this thing is over a field goal, I go with the dog. I ain't doing that this go round. There are too many injuries for the Steelers. You look at the numbers on it, and and no, there's not a giant discrepancy between the two. But I just at T.J. White, of course, now on the the COVID nineteen list, et cetera. I I just don't see how Pittsburgh gets this thing back rolling right now, uh, especially not against this Ravens team that is at the top of the division, at the top of the conference at this point. I'm I'm gonna take Lamar and that running attack for the Ravens and I think that defense is gonna be able to slow down Big Ben. They're gonna get after him. Uh the offensive line is still weak for the Steelers and you don't want that going up against a Ravens team that really knows how uh how to get a pass rush going. So I will uh I will take the Ravens. Minus four and a half.
1: Yeah, I- I'm going Ravens too. I don't think you have to be special at all to uh to make this Steelers offense look terrible. And this Ravens defense Sunday night took that thing up a notch um they they caused a lot of those problems with the browns the browns kind of made themselves look stupid a lot but but the bravens kind of made some of that stuff happen uh this was one of the best running teams in the country and the ravens just completely stuffed that down uh, i think they're going to shut down Najee, you shut down Najee, you stop this offense because Ben is basically just a standing telephone pole he can't move. He can barely throw. Every throw is going to be six yards in front of him on a quick slant. It might be accurate. It might not. Uh, about 30% of them are going to be catchable from the defense if you just go for the ball. Um, I, I, I just don't see a way the Steelers can hang in this game.
0: Hey, yeah, I, I'm okay. with
1: you. Normally it's a field goal game. This ain't a normal year. The the Steelers have done a very bad job preparing for life after Ben.
0: I know you are 100% right about that. They have not built that roster in a way that can be successful uh, in the NFL. You were talking about the Ravens shutting down the Browns running game. Kareem Hunt, seven carries for 20 yards. That's 2.9 a clip. Nick Chubb, eight for 16. That's 2.0 per rush. Uh, Overall, the Browns were 17 carries for 40 yards. That's 2.4 per attempt. That ain't good. And there is no reason to believe that the Steelers will be any better uh, without any threat of a run, I don't see any way that the Steelers stay in this ball game. So, yeah, both, uh, both riding Ravens on that one. Now, we move to 325 p.m. Central Time on the other coast. The 49ers at the Seahawks. The Seahawks are three-and-a-half-point underdogs at home. Total of 45-and-a-half. Uh, the 49ers, four-and-one against the spread in their last five games. The Seahawks do not look like the same team. And Russell Wilson doesn't look like the same quarterback. Uh, I I don't even have to go through numbers here. Like, the numbers would tell you that this line should actually be uh, around two. But with no real home field advantage anywhere in the NFL, uh, the 49ers are playing significantly better. There is no reason to bet on the Seahawks at this point in the season. There's just not. So I I will ride with the 49ers as a, a road favorite, um, and expect Jimmy G to continue doing what he's been doing. He looks like a significantly improved quarterback.
1: Yep, 49ers, one of the hottest teams in the country. They are rolling along. That defense looks woo good. And you know who looks real shitty? That's the Hulse offense. And <laughs> I just think they're going to go in Seattle, and they're going to eat
0: them up. I I agree. I agree. Uh, you look at. I this. think Pete
1: Carroll might be done after this year. I don't think they're going to fire him, but I do think he quit.
0: It's entirely I think possible. He it's, it's entirely I think, possible. I think
1: he has lost. I don't know if he's lost the team, but but they aren't. They, and I, think, I don't think this is on Pete. It's on who's ever putting these rosters together. They have a collection of fantasy stars at skill positions, and that's it. They've got a re, re, uh, two good receivers and a really good quarterback and nothing else. Nothing else.
0: I mean, they got Jamal Adams on uh, on defense, but I mean, one defensive player is worthless <laughs> here. You know that. You know. know that. I know it's it's putrid. Uh, the forty nine ers' rushing attack should be able to have a field day against that Seattle defensive line. Um, yeah, I just i I don't see any way that that Seattle. Uh, now I
1: game. do. I do say this. I want. I want. I feel a lot now. No matter what, I'm taking the forty nine ers. I, I feel a whole lot better if Debo plays. Well, of course,
0: of course, but I, I still think that. You know Elijah Mitchell, that bunch. I, I still think oh, yeah. they got enough no, guys.
1: No, no, they've been amazing.
0: Yeah, I think I think they're going to be just fine. Uh, that'll move us to the Sunday night football game and the Broncos heading to the Chiefs. Um, Chiefs are a ten point favorite here. Total of forty seven. Kansas City five and zero straight up their last five against the Broncos. They have been playing significantly better. They were the worst team on defense in the NFL for the majority of the first half of the season. And over the last few weeks, they have actually moved up to number 26 in total DVOA on defense. So even though those numbers were insanely bad early, uh, they're not so bad anymore. Now, at the same time, I think the Broncos have got some guys back healthy. Uh, The Broncos look uh, significantly improved on offense as of late. I think 10 points might be a little bit too much here. So'm I'm, I'm gonna ride with the Broncos plus the 10. Uh, it's a divisional game. I, I think the Broncos can stay within this number even on the road on Sunday night. Uh, I, I still I, I'm not over the point of not trusting Kansas City in big spots. So I, I will take the Broncos at plus 10 here.
1: Well, I'm, I'm still in the world of not trusting Kansas City in big spots. So I've, I've made a lot of money off of betting against them this year. And, you know, they've gotten me a couple of times, but uh, but not enough for me to get off this horse. So, I think that Denver defense looks great. Man, I thought after they lost Vaughn, they were going to go backwards. Brother, that I, he might have been an anchor holding them back. They look young and fast, and they are getting after people. And that secondary, if you make a mistake throwing the football, they are going to take it.
0: Yo, Pat Sertan has been uh, just ridiculous lately. Uh, Two interceptions last week, one return for a touchdown. Uh, Yes. 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 I'm with you 100%. 100%. Monday night football, the Patriots head to the Buffalo Bills, and the Bills are a three-point favorite at home, total of 44. Uh, The Patriots have covered five straight games. They look fantastic. Uh, These are the two biggest point differential teams in the NFL. When they beat teams, they beat the absolute piss out of them. Uh, one forty six or plus one forty six for the Patriots, plus one forty four for the Bills, and the Bills have one less game. So, <laughs> so that'll tell you a little bit about this. Uh, when you when you look at the overall matchup here, uh, I, I just think that the Patriots are on a roll, uh, the likes of which we haven't seen from them in quite some time. This is the number two total DVOA team against the number three. Uh, that's the Patriots number two and the uh, the Bills number three. Um, I I trust at this New England offense against this defense. I trust this New England defense against the Bills offense. I think that we are going to see a Patriots outright win. The Patriots are going to take back over what they lost last season when the Bills were able to finally win that division after so long. Uh, this is, it seems like a personal game uh, to me from everything that I've read coming out of Foxborough. It looks like the Patriots have been pointing at this one for a little bit, uh, even though they've, of course, you know, they take it a game at a time. But this one is pretty important. I think the Patriots are going to win the game outright, so I will certainly take the three.
1: I'm with you. I do think my, my, only, my only fear here is streak right? Like all good things come to an end. At some point in time, you're not going to win them all. You're going to have a bad game because that's what we've seen in the NFL. No one is great. Everybody's different levels of good or bad. Patriots are definitely on that top tier of good side right now, but they're, they're not above coming out and looking bad in the game. Um, which is the only thing that scares me is, is at some point in time we're going to see them have a bad game. Um, I'm going to take the point. If I get a head start and they don't play a bad game, I know I'm going to win the bet because I believe they're going to win the
0: game. So so we're both riding Patriots. So we only disagree on the Chargers and oh. the Bengals. Uh, I can see it. You you and I tend I can't to see believe,
1: football. I can't believe the numbers have the Chargers being that good in efficiency. Have you watched them play the last, I don't know, four weeks of football? Yeah, I've, like, I've watched the Chargers. Two out of three of those like, weeks, they look awful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how does that work? How does the math work with that? You, you but, got like,
0: me. You got me. I, what it's... Does,
1: Herbert, Herbert was one of he literally like set a record for like least. Uh, I don't know, like like worst quarterback QBR or whatever it was. You know, like a three week span or something. Like, how are that? How does that equate to the most efficient offense in football?
0: Uh, let's see. Hold on, I'm pulling up Herbert right now. He's actually number number uh, nine. Overall, this season in quarterback efficiency, I
1: don't understand how. I don't get. I don't get
0: that. Uh, he's able to draw a lot of defensive pass interferences. Uh, I know that much. Um, that helps with efficiency. He throws an incredibly catchable ball. Uh, he's got twenty-four touchdowns on the season. Yeah, I know he does. Uh, that's,
1: that's why he's got so many interceptions. Yeah,
0: yeah. let He's got ten it's interceptions. A real catchable football. <laughs> he's he's got ten picks. <clears throat> but uh but Tom Brady's got eight. Patrick Mahomes has 11. No, 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 uh, no, 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 no,
1: no, no, no. Right, right. See, see, some, I've had some people try to talk some of that Tom Brady interception bullshit on me earlier, too. Let me tell you something. Go back and look. Go back and watch Herbert's pick. Watch Pat Mahomes' pick. And then go look at all of Tom's picks. He has thrown about three interceptions that were interceptions. All of the rest. Were balls that hit defensive player, or offensive players in the hands. They got tipped up and then they got picked off. Uh, I, when I say almost all of them, I mean almost all of them. Okay, not well. That happens to everybody sometimes. No, no, no. It's it's almost all of them. If you take the tipped balls and just make them all incompletions, I'm I'm telling you, it, he is he is running away MVP. It ain't close.
0: Um, I will I will tell you this. Uh Justin Herbert is number one in the NFL in QBR this season.
1: Yes. How did that happen? I don't understand it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it.
0: Here's uh here's it, the it, rest of them, okay? I let me... love
1: the guy and I love the kid. I want him to be good. Let's let's not, let's not make bones about this. It's not a guy I hate. I don't get it. I don't know how the numbers add up because I watched him play four weeks straight. The one game they won, he didn't look great. Yeah. The three games they lost, he looked god awful.
0: Uh, Matt Stafford is number two. Aaron Rodgers is number three. Tom Brady is four. Kyler Murray is five, and then uh, Josh Allen is six. And then a uh, uh, Jimmy G is number seven. So, yeah, they I got it,
1: one win against a a team that I think in Philadelphia is not a good football team at all. Agreed. And they got like three losses out of that last four game stretch. I, I don't.
0: And he's. I think he's looked bad in those games. Yeah. But but while we may think that he looks bad, the numbers uh, apparently add up to be pretty good. So I I mean you got me. That's why I don't trust you, number
1: guys. They're all liars.
0: <laughs> let's uh let's give out these uh super contest picks. Um, oh yeah, let's roll. All right, so NFL Week 13 super contest picks. Our best bets for the week against the spread. Last week, Chris, I went 0 and 5 last week. 0 and 5 to Dreadful. And even with the 0 and 5, I am still 34 and 26 against the number this season. So I've been okay. Uh you are sitting at twenty seven, twenty six and two on the year. I will go ahead and start off with my first pick, and I'm taking the Pats plus three at the Bills. I think they win the game outright. So I will certainly, certainly take the head start there. Uh gimme the Patriots and Mac Jones with that defense. Uh I'm I'm all over it. Give me the Pats plus three.
1: All right. We're going to agree on that one. I'll give you my second pick, my second pick, my favorite pick. 49ers minus three and a half at the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks team is dead. And I think the 49ers team is rolling.
0: I Yeah, I could totally see that. I could totally see that. Uh, my next one will be Sunday night. I'm taking the Broncos plus 10 at the Chiefs. I think this should be more like a touchdown. The Broncos have looked significantly better here lately. Like you said, defense is rolling. Uh, give me the Broncos plus the 10 to keep this a uh, relatively tight ballgame.
1: All right, I'm going with the team that hasn't looked great against the team that's looked god-awful. The Rams need a win in the most desperate way, and the Jaguars are just a slump buster to give it to you. I am laying 13 points, and I don't know that it matters. I think this Jaguars team is bad, and I think the Rams are going to kick the crap out of them.
0: That Rams team is at home for that one, right? Yes, sir. That's in L.A. That that would make sense. Uh, And that will be a real
1: home game because Jacksonville fans ain't going to come out to it.
0: No, that does make sense. Uh, That Chargers game that we just talked about, Chargers-Bengals, I'm going to take the plus three with the Chargers. Uh, I don't think the Bengals were as good as, Mm -hmm. as they showed last week. I think last week everything hit perfectly for them. I think the Chargers are better than the Steelers. I, I know we just saw that game a couple weeks ago, but I, I still think the Chargers can go on the road and get this win. So I will take the three point head start, uh, and I would not be surprised if this comes down to a field goal one way or the other. But I do think that the Chargers can win the game, uh, so I'll take the head start.
1: Wow, that shocks me. Makes me feel even better about that uh, Bengals segment. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. You brought up the Steelers. I'm gonna go with that Steelers game. I think that Steelers team is dead. I really do. If the Ravens defense has kicked it into we are in playoff mode defense for the rest of the season then any bad de- bad offenses that they play are in big big trouble the Steelers have a bad offense I think they're in big trouble
0: uh, especially without T.J. Watt on the field like that's, he he's yeah, a game changer on defense yeah. so yeah most certainly uh all right so Ravens minus four and a half I will roll with Tom Brady and the Bucks minus 11 at the Falcons. Uh, the Falcons, for whatever reason, cannot win at home. We talked about this just a little bit ago in our previews. Uh, I think the Bucks are finally rounding into shape. I, they got it rolling in the second half again last week. Uh, but in a dome, I think Tom Brady does what he does, and they will score points galore on this really, really bad Falcons defense. So give me the Bucks minus 11.
1: Hope you're right on that one. I'm going to give my last one. It is a little bit out of left field here. I think the Houston Texans plus ten is way too many points for this Colts team. I, I don't I think the Colts team are better than I originally gave them credit for this year, but they're still not great. And this Texans team plays feisty. I'm not saying they're gonna win the game, but they haven't been getting blown out by anybody.
0: Now you you're not wrong about that, especially when Tyrod came back. Uh this team fights. Again, you got a bunch of a bunch of no names. I don't think that that coach
1: is very good, but man, they play hard for him. They they play real hard for him.
0: Yes, they do. And and
1: I, I'm not laying double digits to him with any team, much less a team that is absolutely capable of turning the ball over three or four times in one game.
0: You certainly got that right. Uh, Last game for me, I think the Giants' win over the Eagles last week was uh, a little bit fluky, and the Dolphins seem to have rounded a corner here lately. Uh, They have. They've been winning some ballgames. They've been looking better since Tua came back from injury. They're getting some other guys healthy again. The offensive line looks better. Uh, I will take the Dolphins to cover three at home against the New York Giants. Uh, you get the Giants out of the cold, bring them down into the heat a little bit in December, and uh, and I think the Dolphins can cover the three points. Um, boy. Yeah, so let's, uh, let's do our little recap here. Uh, I'm going to ride Patriots plus three, Broncos plus ten, Chargers plus three, Bucks minus 11, and the Dolphins minus three. Chris, you are riding Patriots plus three, 49ers minus three and a half, uh, the Rams minus 13, Ravens minus four and a half, and the Texans to cover plus 10 against the Colts. All that sound right? Yes, sir. Perfect. All right. It's been a long show. Let me go ahead and let you out of here and I will round this thing up. See you, buddy. All right. Later, buddy. All right. That is going to be the end of Winning Cures Everything for the Wednesday edition of the show. We appreciate you hanging out for so long. I know it's been an hour and 20 minutes almost, whatever it is. Uh, Let me go ahead and tell you. Go to winningcureseverything.com. Make sure that you are subscribed to the channel. If you have not already, we are trying to hit that goal. We're very, very close. So hopefully, you will knock it out for us. Uh, Hit the subscribe button. Make sure and like the video. Share it out. Tell your friends. Jump into the comments. All of that stuff that you already know to do. And if you're listening on the podcast... And you're not already subscribed? Make sure and subscribe over there as well. We are attempting to build a an empire from the ground up. We're just some local guys that enjoy talking sports that have been doing this for quite some time. So do us a favor, hit subscribe, share the show out, tell your friends, all of that. Uh, go over to Bet US. They are the sponsor for the show. They are America's premier sports book. They are where the game begins. There is a link in the description. You can sign up over there. Of course, BetUS.com, where the game begins. I host the BetUS College Football Show. Chris hosts the Bookmaker Review College Football Show. Uh, the links are in the description for those as well. And, of course, make sure and follow us on Twitter, all that good stuff. We enjoy talking to everybody that wants to be a part of the show. And we certainly thank you for watching, listening, however you consume the product. Uh, we really enjoy doing this, and, and hopefully you enjoy it as well. With that said, we're going to get out of here. You guys take care of yourself, take care of each other, and hopefully all of your tickets cash this week. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com. Or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Cures at Gary WCE or at ChrisBGiannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile